Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of the Diva Behavior Podcast. My name is Molly Mulshine. I am your host. Our first episode that we're going to get into in a couple minutes is an interview about Madonna's life with my good friend Jessica Stevens, who is an all-around entertainer every minute of every day. She's one of the best singers. She sings our theme song, which you're going to hear in a few minutes, and I hope you guys enjoy the conversation. Before we get into it, I have to confess to you guys, I've had a very non-Madonna week. One of Madonna's strongest traits is her discipline and her ability to say no and set boundaries and do what she needs to do to be one of the top-selling female musicians of all time. And I failed at that this week, okay? I mean, I had a great week. I had a lot of fun, but I was staying in New York with some of my favorite people for about four days straight. I did a comedy show up there. I did Bushwick Bears, Derek Humphrey's show in Bushwick. It's every Sunday. I highly recommend checking it out because everyone was amazing. And I recorded a bunch of great podcasts. I got a lot of good work done. But the thing is, I have to wake up at 6 a.m. for my day job every morning. I have to be on the internet at 6 a.m. I was staying up until about one or two every single night and I wasn't meditating and I wasn't eating healthy and there was a lot of white claws flowing so by the time Wednesday night hit I was feeling like I was about to have a stroke and I had to do a comedy show last night in Asbury Park the Hags show it's also an incredible show and you know by the time I was on my way there my brain had fully stopped working because I had been burning the candle on both ends for so many days straight I just didn't have a great show everyone else killed it I just I really regretted my week of trying to get everything done at once and not being able to say hey wait a minute do you know what I mean I mean, I went four days without even putting on self-tanner. So Madonna never would have let that happen. She would have made sure she got eight hours of sleep every night, no matter where she was. She would have made sure she didn't eat any pizza, even though it was gluten-free and dairy-free. That doesn't make it okay. She would have been on her A game, but I was on my Z game. What I realized about Madonna, though, in this interview with Jess is that even though she is super disciplined, I don't think she ever beats herself up about it when she fails. I think she just notices what went wrong, makes a mental note, and sort of makes a secret promise to herself never to do that again. I don't think she sits around stewing in self-loathing. So I think that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to try to just move on and accept the bomb and accept that I spent half of today also feeling like I was in a coma and, you know, start over again. Thank you, Madonna, for that. Something else interesting that came up in this interview that I've been thinking a lot about is the fact that Madonna stays so off the grid compared to other celebrities. Every celebrity says they don't read their own press. Every celebrity says they don't read the tweets. I think most of them are lying. But I think Madonna is being serious when she says that because it's become sort of clear that she's not really taking in what newer stars are doing in a meaningful way. This is something that everybody has to grapple with. Like how much 
media are we going to pay attention to? How much social media, how much of the news are we going to pay attention to? Because at a certain point, it becomes hard to come up with your own ideas when you're taking in everybody else's ideas and opinions all day long. But at the same time, if your job is to comment on and create art about our current society, you just can't shut everything out. So I don't know what the answer is, but I think Madonna maybe should hire a millennial or Gen Z at least to keep her posted on what's going on in the world. But at the same time, I have to say, Madonna's new album, Madame X, is really good. It's really weird. It's really, really weird, but it's really good, and I highly suggest listening to it, especially her single, Medellin, which is very easy to remember because it reminds me of Entourage. You know, remember when Vinny Chase gets cast as Pablo Escobar in Medellin? This is the second time I've used entourage to explain something to someone this week why is entourage taking up so much real estate in my brain maybe i need to look at more social media after all so i can boot Vinny chase and turtle out of my head forever but anyway medellin is great listen to it and i'm so glad madonna's our first podcast topic because she's such an iconic diva and it's the start of leo season and madonna is a quintessential leo we could all use a little more leo energy in our lives Especially if you're like me and you spent cancer season self-flagellating because that's another thing we love to do. So without any more ado, here it is, me and Jessica Stevens talking about Madonna. Oh, and also please enjoy our incredible theme song, which was edited by Keely Quinlan and features vocals by Jess. Some people think Diva's a bitch. Diva Behavior, the podcast. Jess. Hey, Mom. You are Point Pleasant, New Jersey's foremost Madonna expert. You know, I get that a lot. We have so much to talk about, but the first thing I want to ask you is when did you become a fan of Madonna? 1992, I believe, when Take a Bow came out. I was five. Okay. No, four, four. Saw the video, fell in love, and my dad... Not even my mom. Specifically, my dad was like, she's one of the greatest artists of our time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah. My dad was a huge Madonna fan, and it just, you know me, I don't have an addictive personality or anything. Oh, yeah. You're very measured with everything you do. Yeah. Um, That's really funny because good for your dad, first of all. Yeah. Because the second thing I was going to ask you is, do you remember, we were at a graduation party for someone in eighth grade, and you were saying something about loving Madonna, and I was like, I was parroting back something that my dad said to me. I was like, she has no talent, she can't sing, she only lip syncs, and she doesn't write her own music. Do you remember that? No. I said that to you. Rude. I know. <laughs> and I still... Well, you've made a, you've made a turnaround. I've made a turnaround, and I still remember the look on your face, like you looked so sad, and then I was like, oh, that was cunty of me. And it was during a time in my life when I was going by what my dad said with music and I didn't realize at the time that my dad had a very raucist point of view mm. where all he cared, he thought the Beatles were the last great musicians and everyone after them sucked. I had like internalized this misogyny of what he said mm-hmm. and I just like thought it was true. 
Also, I think people have sort of changed. People respect pop stars a little bit more now. So I was reading a bunch of articles to prepare for this. And one of the ones was by Matt Jacobs from Huffington Post. And he's talking about in this article that actually just came out in June. She sort of paved the way for people to respect people like Beyonce and Miley Cyrus. And Katie, I mean, no one respects Katy Perry, but... (laughs) (laughs) But they... (laughs) People respect Beyonce <laughs> and Miley Cyrus. And, and like, oops. And she's not reaped any of the benefits of that. No. Because she started out as this really gung-ho, balls-to-the-wall, crazy person, and everyone just trashed her 24-7. Are there young female musicians or artists that thank you for that? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Should they, though? Um... Yes, they should. <laughs> <laughs> and, and do you have the feeling that they are ungrateful? Yes. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Not even the feminists liked her. Mm-hmm. And now, like, if you're a public figure or if you're, like, on Twitter or something and you say, oh, I think Beyonce's untalented because she has help writing music, you're going to get ripped to shreds. Yeah. Like, you can't say that anymore. And I think that's because Madonna helped. But also Madonna didn't have to, you know, build her presence during a time of social media. So that kind of, you know, she did pave the way, but also she kind of skipped out on that. I mean, she has it now. People... Oh, she needs to stop. Don't you think her Instagram is a problem? It's a little bit of a problem. (laughs) I mean... I follow, I like everything. Yeah. You know, I'm loyal to, what is it, loyal to a fault? I don't yeah, know. yeah, yeah, loyal to I, a fault. Whatever she does, I'm there for it, but it is a problem. I want to talk a little bit about how much feminists hated her in the 90s. This woman named Camille Paglia, have you ever heard of her? She's very divisive. She's like a public intellectual. My dad loves her, which should tell you all you need to know. <laughs> But she was always saying, like, she can she considers herself a feminist, but she's very into the idea that, like, there's nothing shameful about being overtly feminine and there's nothing wrong with falling into, like, a female gender role. Mm-hmm. And she also says a lot of really fucked up things, too, Camille Paglia. In the 90s, I think it was the peak of, like, second wave feminism where everybody was sort of saying, don't be overtly sexual, don't wear dresses. If we want respect, we have to act like men. And then Madonna comes out and is so overtly feminine and so overtly sexual and saying, hey, I'm a powerful person and... I can be all three things at once. Mm-hmm. And I think it just pissed people off, like, yeah. a lot. You can find there's interviews of her talking about it in the 90s, being like, I don't understand why the feminists don't like me. I'm on their side. I think feminism is ca- has caught up with her vision of what it means to be a feminist. Yeah. Whereas now it is, like I said, not controversial for Beyonce or Miley Cyrus yeah. or Taylor Swift even to say, hey, I'm going to write and sing love, love songs and I'm going to be overtly sexual and you're not allowed to tell me that I can't do that. Yeah. And that's like sort of a respected thing now. To the feminists, fem- feminists. Who point raised of view that kind of question? Well, I would like to point out that they're missing a couple of things because, you know, I may be dressing like the uh, typical bimbo, whatever, but I'm in charge. You know, I'm in charge of my fantasies. I put myself in these situations with men, you know, and everybody knows, uh, you know, in terms of my image in the public, people don't think of me as a person who's not in, in charge of my career or my life, okay? And isn't that what feminism is all about? You know, equality for men and women, and aren't I, aren't I in charge of my life? 
doing the things I want to do, making my own decisions. I don't think anybody would question whether you're in charge of your own life. Think of the videos that she put out that were banned. Like, yeah, um, you know, the one with all the leather, human nature. Like, yes. he banned that. And like, if you look at that video now, yeah. That is nothing compared to anything that people put out. It's crazy how much her S&M imagery in the early 90s freaked people out. It, you know, explain to them that it is a sexual fantasy and that these things exist in life, like they see violence, okay? It exists in life. Justify My Love, that was also banned from MTV, that yeah. video. That, that went with the sex book. Um, okay. That was like all S&M. The whole video. But there's not even nudity in it. Yeah, it's, it's just literally... like, she's like, shh. <laughs> <laughs> I swear. It's so tame compared it to is. what people do now. It's crazy. What? Yeah, Rihanna did an S&M song. Like, it's literally called S&M. And all she says in the song is S-S-S and M-M-M. <laughs> wow. But we couldn't handle Madonna back then. We couldn't handle her. And I also found it really interesting whenever MTV would ban her videos because I was like, where would MTV be without Madonna? Where well, would MTV be without that her? That controversy, though, was, like, huge for them, too. Like, banning something. Yeah. You know? It put them both in the headlines. Do you think they did it on purpose all the time? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's just, it seems like something that would never happen to a male artist. Oh, no. Like, remember when Aerosmith did that video where Liv Tyler, <laughs> the lead singer's daughter, is, like, the love interest, and she's, like... But that's fine. ...writhing on the ground? Yeah, yeah. Like a fucking incest fantasy video, and they're uh, like, "This is rock and roll." <laughs> um, I want to talk about also some recent rumors of Madonna's diva behavior. Okay, because they're hilarious. Um, do you- none of them are true? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, there. This one's really fucked up. Actually, this one's not funny. On her Rebel Heart tour. Allegedly, she said there are, quote, no fat C-words allowed in her presence. I really feel like that was either taken out of context and she was joking or it's completely made up. Yeah. I, I just, or maybe she just doesn't like fat see you next Tuesday. Yeah. I don't know. But I really, I just don't believe that. Do you believe that? I don't know. I don't think she would say that. I think she would say that during the Truth or Dare era. Yeah. Because. <sighs> Which, if you haven't seen that. Yeah, the do documentary Truth or Dare is something everyone needs to watch. Um, I think that she would say it back then, but, but the other thing is, from everything I've been reading recently, it seems like she has been building walls around herself to sort of insulate herself from the public more and more and more. Like, I don't think she reads the news. I don't think she follows what other stars are doing. Like when you were when you read Vanessa Gregoriadis's profile of her from the New York Times that she got super pissed off about mm. like a couple months ago. There it's like Vanessa's telling her all this news about like the Me Too controversy and all this stuff and all this recent things that younger female artists are doing and Madonna literally is like, "Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, I didn't know that." Well, I also think Madonna is so self-absorbed yeah that every day she's just constantly consuming like i mean not consuming but like she's obsessed with her work and she's constantly creating 
I, so I think she could. It, it's what, what I'm saying is it's conceivable that she missed the memo right. that we don't fat shame right, anymore. Right. Okay. 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 You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't think she's seen. I don't think she knows about hashtag body posse <laughs> culture. <laughs> so Probably I, not. I do kind of believe she would say that. Okay. All right. I'll give you that. And I think her her whole thing with wanting to shock people, it's this also was in Matt Jacobs' recent piece. He wrote really well about it about how, you know, that worked really well when what she was doing to shock people was, like, saying it's okay to be gay Mm -hmm. and treating people with HIV like human beings and really pushing the envelope and pushing things forward when it comes to accepting gay people. Yeah. Like, that was an incredible use of shock value. Right. It was good for her. It was good for the world. Like, she made real progress with that. But now her, her shock value is... I'm going to use the N-word on Instagram. Yeah. it's She's ran out of material. Yeah. And I do feel like Lady Gaga did take the Madonna blueprint and and twist it in an interesting new way. And I love that. Like, yeah. I don't I don't hate that. I used to hate Britney Spears back in the day mm-hmm. because people said she was taking over Madonna. And I was like, how can you compare yeah. the two? You can't. I don't hate Britney Spears. Yeah. But I just hated that they would compare... Yeah. Them. I'm like, there's no comparison. Yeah. I mean, um, But Lady Gaga, I love that they say that she is following a Madonna's footprints yeah. because I think what she's doing is is new and, I mean, in a way. Yeah. And just kind of... Because, yeah, Britney Spears started when she was 16. She didn't know what the fuck was going wasn't, on. There was no, like... There was no messages message. yeah. behind which it was. Uh, it was fun. Oops, I did it. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. It was entertaining. Yeah. It was entertaining. She's talented at dancing and performing. Exactly. Like, and that's what we want to be is entertained, but Madonna entertained and also like pushed the envelope. Yeah. And, you know, like, and so did Lady Gaga. Yeah. Did. Past tense. Anyway. Um, <laughs> another. Shade. <laughs> I know. Another example of. Uh, Madonna's recent diva behavior. Do you know that she's now traveling with a portable lighting crew? I, I, I've heard all, I've heard this and an anti-aging machine or something. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know if I believe the lighting, the crew? lighting crew and everything. Oh, I do. Yeah? Come on. If you were rich, you wouldn't have someone lighting you at all times? I guess, yeah. Especially because she's in her 60s. Yeah, she's in her 60s. She's like... In this industry that's so, like, damning to women who are aging, I would fucking do it if I were her. So then I, I found out about this lighting crew, which is mentioned offhandedly in stories by Matt Jacobs and Vanessa Gregoriadis. And both of them are very reliable journalists. They're like, oh, I was interviewing her, and she had this lighting crew, so I believe it. And yeah. then... But for an interview, yeah, yeah. And then there's this story. Madonna made... Rita Ora sit on the ground to talk so the lighting would be better. (laughs) Los Angeles. Rita Ora was forced to kneel before Madonna in order to speak at her best angle during their first encounter. The 25-year-old pop star first met the legendary singer at a charity concert in London in 2013 and has revealed the unusual circumstances. Uh, She said, Rita Ora said, I was waiting in the room and Madonna walks in with the lighting. How major is that? We say hello and then she's like, this isn't working. Can we just kneel down on the floor? 
<laughs> so we knelt, knelt down and we had the whole conversation there because the lighting was better. And if Madonna asked if I could lay on the floor and she could step on my head, I would be like, 100%, yeah. I'm there. Yeah, yeah, let's do this. So, yeah. I mean, I get it. Rita Ora did the right thing. She did. But that's hilarious. It's I, hilarious. Like, I mean, I don't think Rita Ora would make that up. So yeah. that's true. All right, yeah. And I love it. It's so funny. Like it is funny. She's it's creating. Great. She's creating jobs. Yeah. <laughs> she's boosting the economy. Yeah. I mean that is very diva of her, and I love. I that. love it. I mean, I bought the Lumi case, so I had my own lighting right. crew there. But for the grace of God, go I. <laughs> like we all realize the importance of lighting now. <laughs> I find it really interesting that. Madonna, you know, the bigger pop stars now are not giving traditional interviews. They're all controlling the narrative in their own ways. Like, Beyonce is, um, she hasn't given a real interview in like five, six years, maybe even longer. Lady Gaga doesn't really give print interviews that much anymore. Hmm. They're, they've all become, and half the time, even the Kardashians, whenever they do print interviews, they always have like either one of their sisters or their friends interview them. It's just like no one is willing to do this anymore. But Madonna, again, I think partially because of how isolated she is in her little cocoon, she hasn't gotten the memo that you don't <laughs> have to do press anymore. So she's still doing it. Hmm. And it's really interesting because she's one of the last like mega stars who's allowing journalists into her house just she's because old school. Yeah, she's old school and I don't think she realizes she doesn't have to. And I hope she never realizes that. I it. didn't realize that. Yeah. It's crazy. It's a it's a real thing. It's like huh. yeah, people are just not really doing that much anymore. Or when they do and they have you mean like because they can do it all on their own, like Instagram, yeah. whatever. Like Beyonce doesn't give print interviews, she just releases documentaries about herself. Or she like like she had a Vogue cover last year, and she released a series of quotes to Vogue, and they had to write around. Wow. Yeah, it's. I mean, as a, I'm a journalist, obviously, I personally think it's ridiculous and a complete travesty. But if I was a pop star, like I get it because they're being misquoted, or they're never being misquoted. They just this is the thing: when people get interviewed by journalists, they speak one way. And then when they read their quotes in print, it hits them in a completely different way. <laughs> and, and I've seen this happen. And they're so ego, like... Right. Yeah. And they read their own words, and they're like, <laughs> I didn't say that! And it's like, yeah, you did. I've had this happen so many times, uh-huh. and you say to people, mm, I recorded it. Like, do you want to yeah. hear the recording? Like, I have the receipts. So it's just that when you... When you are interviewed and when you submit to a profile for a magazine or whatever like you're going to come across through the point of view of that interviewer and that interviewer isn't going to see you exactly the way you see yourself nobody right, right. like I don't even see you the way you see yourself yeah. and we're two nobodies you know what I mean <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. if you and I <laughs> wrote profiles of each other yeah, yeah I'd yeah. read it and be like oh Oh, I didn't know I was like that. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. So when they see it, it and they're so like self-absorbed because they have to be because they are basically a walking corporation. Mm-hmm. Their business is themselves that when they read someone else's words about them, it like freaks them out yeah. and they can't handle it. So Not Madonna. Madonna. she doesn't read it. <laughs> well, no, because she, she read this Vanessa Gregoriatis profile. Oh, right, right, right. Remember she posted on Instagram that she felt raped by it. 
which girlfriend. We're not using mm, rape as a metaphor anymore. I don't know about that one. Yeah. <laughs> like, we aren't doing that anymore. She said she felt raped by it and blah, blah, blah. But anyone reading it would have been like, this is a very thoughtful, nice profile. <laughs> thoughtful about, and nice. Yeah, yeah. about Madonna. Ugh. It's great to read a Madonna profile. Yeah. But what do you think about the way that she comes across in interviews? Like, do you think you know anything about who she is as a person after like 40, 50 years of interviews that we've both read? No, and it's funny you say that because people always ask me like, would you ever want to meet Madonna? And I don't think I would. Yeah. Because I don't know how she would, I don't know who she really is. Like if she would really care about like who I am, like I don't know if she cares about anything, but like this persona that she like puts on yeah. you know i don't know if she i don't know who the real madonna is i don't th- i don't know if there is a real madonna i think it's she's all it's all a form of like performance performance i mean the, something really interesting about that we both well we both were supposed to read this book by andrew morton called madonna and it's a great book but neither of us finished it no <laughs> but, but he, <laughs> Summer. It was it's hard. Summer. I mean, I, yeah, yeah. We um, suck. But because it's so shady. It's so shady. I love it's it. So shady. Andrew Morton is great. Anything he does about any celebrity is worth reading times a thousand. He points out a lot how she's got sort of this com- this complex of like victimhood and also being an aggressor at all times. Mm. Every quote she gives is, I've had to fight to get here. I've had a hard life. I lost my mother and this is why I'm the way I am, which is valid. But she also then will not tolerate weakness from anyone and she will not take criticism from anyone. I feel like she's always in performance mode and she's always in victim mode and she's always in major aggressor mode. That's a lot of mode. Yeah. It is. (laughs) It's a lot. She is a presence, and like mm. she's she's a lot. But I love how he also says that anything that ever went wrong was never her fault. Right? She blamed everyone else around her and never took ownership of like, okay, maybe I made a bad choice there. And people say that you shouldn't be that way, but look where it got. Madonna. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I maybe it's different times, but whatever. Well, I guess I mean, look at Donald Trump. That's the same thing. Yeah. He would never admit fault. No. And sometimes I think, I mean, not that Donald Trump is a role model, but I think Madonna is a role model of sorts. I love her. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, lots of creative people, we spend so much time dwelling on the wrong things and the failures and being like, oh God, how could I get better? Like listening back to old performances and... I can't do it. Yeah. And you just sit there and you're like, oh my God, I suck. Yeah. And, And then I'm like, would Madonna ever do that? No. I think she's critical of herself. You think so? Yeah. Like, yeah. How do you think she gets better at stuff? She is a woman obsessed. And I've read that so many times. Like when people come into her home, she's just like, she's at the piano or she's writing or she's just... She's constantly obsessed with finding new things to master. Yeah. So, and it's not just music and entertainment. It's like horseback riding and yeah. Kabbalah. Yeah. Like she is. She gets easily obsessed with things, and I and I think that constantly helps her grow and just like. But how do you become better when you're not looking at what you did wrong? I think pro- I guess probably she realizes what she did wrong subconsciously, but she never consciously thinks she won't it. She admit it, and yeah. then she takes it out. Yeah, like she she'll never say to someone, mm, "This song didn't work." She'll just be like, "We're not doing that song tonight," right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's probably it. Probably that's what I'll start doing. 
I'm just not doing this anymore. I'm just not going to do that one. I'm not going to work anymore. I just don't like it anymore. Yeah. Are you the designer of your look, your hairstyle, the clothing? Oh, yeah. Thing? Do you think someone else could come up with this? <laughs> What's your favorite era of Madonna? 90s Madonna. Like, take a bow um, into, like, human nature and then all that bondage shit. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And, it's... and then second favorite? I really did love, like, her ray of light phase. Oh, yeah, when she got into yoga. Yeah. See, this brings me to something that I definitely want to talk about, which is her, she is, like, the queen of cultural appropriation. Uh And if she was doing the shit that she did in the 90s today, it would never fly. You don't think? No. 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 Uh, Yeah. It's crazy. Like, she... (laughs) I also, but I also like, I think the music video for Vogue is really interesting because she did, she elevated a lot of like queer people of color and she, she put them next to these classic Hollywood stars. Like she used visuals for Vogue that were same Mm. thing with Truth or Dare. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are a lot of like gay men who will say that was the first time they ever saw like gay people on screen presented in a way that wasn't like the butt of a joke Mm -hmm. so I think with that stuff she really she did people a service like the general public um but I think now like wearing a grill in her mouth I'm like yo you don't need to do this and like when she did all the the eastern references for the ray of light era yeah but it was the same thing as like the when the Beatles started incorporating like the sitar into their music it's just like it was a different time Obviously, that was even earlier than Ray of Light, but it's, I guess it was a little, we weren't talking in those terms back then, Mm -hmm. but now if she tries to do that again, she'll get called out in five minutes. And I don't think she has any left. Of cultures to steal from? Yeah. Yeah, I mean. All through my wild days. Turn off the vacuum cleaner. I think everything that came up to and including Confessions on a Dance Floor was great. Yeah. I loved, we both loved American Life. Oh my God. Oh my God. Do you remember like taking the train to Red Bank and being like, we're going to order Starbucks. I'm drinking a soda. I get a double (laughs) shot. American Life was very unfairly maligned. Yeah. I loved that album. Mm-hmm. I thought it was awesome. And even and that was like post 9-11, right? That yeah. Was, yeah. It's very like disjointed and weird and great. And you know who I'd love to interview? Guy Ritchie. Oh my God. Yeah. Because they were together for, that was like her longest relationship. She seemed so normal when she was with him. With him. Yeah. And I feel like she was so comfortable with herself around him and mm. when they broke up I was devastated. But I feel like he knows so much about the real Madonna. Do you know that she had to give him 75 million dollars when they got a divorce? That's amazing. Okay, so I oh my god, I found this old interview from the New York Times. Um it's not even on the New York Times website. It's on like a Madonna fan website and it's of her and Guy Ritchie. And the interviewer says to Guy Ritchie, early in their relationship, right when they just moved to London, maybe when your career starts taking off, you can, you'll oh, want to move to L.A. That's horrendous. I know. Isn't that so Do shady? Do your research, too. I think the interviewer was just shading him. I think they did their research, but they were um, like, oh, you've done a couple British movies that were kind of cult favorites, but maybe soon one day 
you'll get to LA. <laughs> you'll make it. Yeah. In that same interview, she talks about how she's sort of ambivalent about London. She still has a place in London. I think, I guess just because it's it's really easy to travel from London to the rest of the world. Yeah, it's like insanely it easier. Um, and she's got a place in New York, but I think she's mostly based in LA now. Oh. Which might be part of the reason why she's nuts. Yeah. Like, I think being in New York is just, New York is so real and like in your Grounding. face that you can't isolate yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, even if you try to isolate yourself in New York, some crazy is going to seep in. <laughs> Whereas, like, L.A. is, I think, very easy to just stay behind a fence all day long. And London is just not the same level of, like, manic. Mm-mm. Like, London is so low-key. And if you want to be really off in your own little world in London, it's very easy to do that. Mm-hmm. So I think if she, mo- I think she needs to get back to New York. She needs to stop isolating herself. But I guess the hard thing with her is, like, she needs to stay modern, but if she takes the walls down, all she's going to get is a flood of, like, criticism and abuse from the world. Mm-hmm. She Well, she is trying to stay modern by, like, working with, like... She thinks by, like, working with rappers it's going to make her, like, relevant. Right. It's... The thing is, I think she's she's pulling these people in. So she's working with Maluma. She's working with... She worked with Kanye. She's worked with all these younger people. And it's great. But the thing is, I don't think she's actually... I don't think there's any actual exchange of ideas going on. And I don't think no. they're educating her about what people want to hear now. Mm-mm. I think she's just sort of paying them to come in and like sprinkle some of their like young person magic dust on the track. From what we've seen of her personality, especially with the people she works with professionally, Mm -hmm. She sort of treats everyone like they're like a servant. Yeah. Well, she's Madonna. I know, but... And I think that's what happens is with like, is they say Madonna wants to collab with you. And they're like, okay, let's just do it. No matter what the material is, no matter what the message is, they're just like into it. What would be your dream collaboration with Madonna where like you think maybe she would pick up a thing or two? Pick up a thing or two? You're going to hate me for this one. I know what you're going to say. I know. It's the easiest one to come up with. But her and Lady Gaga, I I think, could do something. But they, first of all, they did. They did a sketch for SNL where they pretended to be feuding. Which I'm like, why did you guys buy into that? Why did the two of them, I mean, I get it. You're 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 on SNL. You're in there. You're on their turf. You have to do what they tell you. But, like, they sort of perpetuated the feud rumor. Mm. It was literally a skit where they're wearing the same outfit and pulling each other's hair. Do you remember that? Do you think they would be able to work together? Or would it be just too much diva and... Madonna has such a strong perception of herself, whether it's accurate or not. My opinion of Lady Gaga at this point in her career, based on her output, is that she doesn't know who the fuck she is. Yeah. Lady Gaga is a little bit lost at sea right now. She's like, am I Allie from A Star Is Born? No, but we am also I... said Madonna doesn't really know who she is. But I well, think... she'll commit to like a certain... Madonna would steamroll Lady Gaga, Yeah, I think. It feels uh, reductive. Is that good? Look it up. Didn't she do something with Paul McCartney? No. I don't think so. You know what I'm thinking of? Four or five seconds. Well, remember, yeah, that's the thing. Paul McCartney did four or five seconds. That was great. That with, was such a solid move. Right. Because you could tell that Rihanna and Kanye were in the driver's seat. Uh-huh. You could tell that they were making most of the calls and Paul but McCartney. she would never let that happen. Right. Which never is the let problem. that happen. That's the problem. What about Madonna's acting career? I <laughs> 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 See, I don't hate her acting. 
I, in some things. Me too. I could. I watch, thought Evita was amazing, but I'm gonna get crucified for that. I is that not something you can say crucified? No, yeah, you can say okay. it, especially when we're talking about Madonna Ooh. because she loves a crucifix. She does. But I, yeah, I could watch Madonna. You know, paint a fence. <laughs> I don't do. care if she's good or bad. That's actor. my problem. Is why I say this all the time. I just kind of like loyal to a fault. I'm like, oh my god, like swept away. People hated. I watched that movie 80,000 times. I read something recent saying that it was underrated and that people were unfair about it. I thought it was great. Because people are unfair about everything with Madonna. Mm -hmm. People just hate her for no reason. Mm -hmm. She did have some really bad movies. But that could be that could be the writing, you know? And she tried. She did. Like, Dick Tracy, she worked overtime to make that fucking movie. How good thing. was Dick Tracy? The double album, she released, like, a soundtrack of all her own music for it. <sighs> so good. And Desperately Seeking Susan, she was great in. Yeah, that's such a great movie. I think she's great. I really thought she was a good actor. Did you see uh, the Wallace Simpson movie that she directed? No. Yeah, me neither. Oh, okay. Two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's been a director. Like I know. She's just doesn't She does shit. it all. She does everything. I don't know that at all, actually. Yeah. I also wanted to talk, and I'm glad you said the word crucified, because it reminded me, about her effect on like how on Catholicism. Well, and you know, her dad is devout. Yeah. So that was really rebellious of her. Yeah. And I just could never do that to, like, my dad. Like, if that was well, some, if it was something that my dad really, like, cared about, you know what I mean? Uh, I could. You could? Yeah, I scream at my dad about politics well, every yes. time I yeah. see him. Love walking into your house during that. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, so my thing that I didn't really think about until recently was... We grew up, obviously we both went to Catholic school. Mm -hmm. We both grew up in very Catholic families. If we grew up at a time before Madonna had existed, I think we probably would have taken Catholicism a lot more seriously. Probably. Don't you think? Well, especially because Madonna had such an impact on my life. Yeah. You know, like... And on the culture at large. Like, she was saying, hey guys, this stuff is kind of seems like bullshit. Yeah. At a level that no one else really ever no, had. No. And, like, subverting it and using the imagery to be really sexual. Like, I don't think we would have the same relationship to Catholicism, which is basically that we... I mean, me, I don't really... Yeah, I don't... Yeah. I mean, I'm if that's what you're into... Yeah. But I think we would have probably taken it a lot more seriously growing up and felt like it mattered more if there hadn't been this mainstream pop star mm -hmm. saying like playing with it and making making sort of making light of it mm -hmm. and I mean like a prayer oh incredible incredible and I oh mean, father do you remember oh, that song no oh father you never wanted to live that way that was a very controversial video too really she and on tour she's in a chapel on her knees and the fa and the priest comes over with um, what's the thing with the incense in it that they like? Oh, and then they throw, around. flick it at you. Yeah, and it's like it was so like sexual what she was doing, and then he was like doing the incense thing over her. She and loves she that. Like, she loves a sexual priest. Loves a sexual priest, which is really, she's the original a little flea bag. Yeah, it's a little, it's a little weird. I know who's ever seen a sexual priest in real life. 
Yeah. There's always sexual priests in, like, TV shows. I'm just oh. realizing. There's one in Mad Men. There's one in The Sopranos. Sopranos was the first Father thing I thought of. Father Intentola. Uh-huh. And Fleabag. I wonder if that would exist without Madonna's impact. Yeah, just any sort of poking fun at the church. Like, that was unheard of. My mm-hmm. grandma, like... She would have been someone who was very scandalized mm-hmm. by that, you know? Yeah. And I also think it's so funny how when I was growing up, my mom would be like, Madonna changed people's view on the Catholic Church. It's so important what she did, how she made us all, like, she sort of took it down off a pedestal. And then she, like, sent me to Catholic school. <laughs> <laughs> that worked out well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As we start to wrap up, mm-hmm. there's two more things we want to talk about. The first one is how cheap she is. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that? I have just read multiple times that she's not, I wouldn't say cheap, but she's savvy with her money. And that that whole narrative that she talked about, like growing, like being in New York with not a penny to her name. I, in Andrew Morton's book, he says that that is completely false, that he's done interviews with people that she constantly was shoving money, like, somewhere and saving it. Like, there's no way she didn't have a penny in her name. And she'd go out to dinners with all these people, and she would never put money out, ever. And even being a multi-multi-millionaire, billionaire, whatever she is, she tries so hard not to pay for anything that she does. I think that's what a lot of rich I people do. I think it's do. great. Yeah. I really do. If someone else can pay for it, I'm all for yeah. it. Yeah. But that's my motto. We stand a, a cheap diva. Yeah. I also like, I love her being cheap, but also the the way that she controls her environment and mm-hmm. is so particular about mm-hmm. what she wants and what she needs. Like that clip of her at that press conference when someone hands her a bouquet of hydrangeas and she's like, oh, thank you. And then they walk away and she stuffs it under the table she's sitting at <laughs> and turns to the person next to her and goes, I absolutely loathe hydrangeas. <laughs> what is your favorite uh, Madonna diva moment? I don't know if it's my favorite, but it's the one that's coming to mind right now where she's being interviewed at the MTV Movie Awards and... Courtney Love is mm. below her throwing her compact at her mm-hmm. and she says something so shady about Courtney Love I forget it's she like, says oh no Courtney Love is in desperate need of attention yes <laughs> Courtney's coming up well come up Courtney Love is in, de- in dire need of attention right now and then Kurt Loder's like let's bring her up here Kurt Loder yeah <laughs> <laughs> blast from the past <laughs> and she's like Oh, no, please don't. Courtney Love is in desperate need of attention. Yeah, it's so good. So good. Definitely need to do an episode on her at some point. Yeah. What is your favorite diva moment? Oh, my God. I love In Truth or Dare when she's, like, abusing Warren Beatty. Oh, my God. So good. Amazing. And she called him a pussy man. (laughs) And he just takes it. And he just is standing in the background and he's like, oh. I really, I just, I liked that when she would just be like, get over here, Warren. And they just. <laughs> he was so hot. I know. And he was like top of his game at that point. Yeah. He was A-list of the A-list, like dated every woman in Hollywood. He was like killing it. And then she just like... releases this footage of her berating him. It was genius. I feel like they probably had like a moment like flirty and he was into her. They probably hooked up and then their publicists were like, this would be really good for yeah. both of your careers. And I think he was the. He was like the toxic bachelor of the 80s and 90s, and he had, he thought that he could handle any woman, and he had no idea what the fuck he was getting himself into. Where is he now? 
Warren Beatty is 82. Oh my god. Yeah, so at that time. He still time, could get it. <laughs> but at that time, he was. He looks crazy. She was what, 23 during Truth or Dare, maybe 25? And he was. So that makes him, what, 40 something? And he's being bossed around by this 23 year old girl in a cone bra. Five foot four. Bless her. Yeah. I just, I love that. I do. Love it too. Yeah. I remember when I told Warren to bring me a present. He did. He brought me this really cool shirt from Dolce & Gabbana. See, I get what I want. Jess, thank you so Mine, much. Thank you. Thank you so much for, first of all, sitting here with me and talking about Madonna, but also taking you do me... this every day. I know. Taking me along on this Madonna journey with you since eighth grade when I brutally insulted her work in a very bitchy way. It's okay. And you helped me come full circle, and I really appreciate that. You're welcome. You're welcome. Okay. All right. Thanks, everyone. Bye. We're going to order Starbucks. I'm drinking a soda. I get a double shot. (laughs) Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.